It's all over and it's going to be the toughest pod the boys have had to record as you get to listen to three men discuss the demise of their own team. So welcome to a less than cheery Sunday League podcast. Firstly, a man whose optimism and belief never wavered. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Scott. Just just got over what happened at the weekend. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's nice to be uh, recording again. So I'm, I'm happy to be back, Scott. Good, Colin. Uh, yeah, well, the Sunday afternoon, I went through a bit of a Peroni Guinness, and then my beloved Carlin. So I'm sticking to the Carlin tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, a man who, despite his threats, always rocked up. Adam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Uh, I'm all right. I'm I'm quite I'm quite happy with it. All we, we knew we knew how Sunday we're going to go. So I'm I'm happy. You know. It's it's over. Beer, cider, pims. Oh, well, I've, I'm, you know, I've got the Taurus this time because I was looking at the uh, the other ciders that I had in the uh, fridge and they were like nine, ten percent. I was like, oh, <laughs> one, <laughs> one, one strongbow normally sends me flying, so I can't <laughs> have one of them. Me, <laughs> boys, I'm on the Guinness. Um, I'm having a can of Guinness now. I found one. Found one in the shop down the road, and when you find a Guinness over here, you take it. So, a nice Guinness for me tonight, and just to try and blank out the weekend, I reckon. So, fair play. Okay, boys, without any further ado, let's discuss both games together. Leicester did what they had to do and managed to beat West Ham in what was probably their most convincing performance in a long time. But Everton managed a bit of magic, which meant they were the team that stayed up on Survival Sunday. Go on then, Dan. How was it for you? Well, there's no point asking him, Scott. He was absolutely blattoed. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point there. Uh, no, I, I was as optimistic as I always am until, until I heard that Everton had, sc- had scored at their place. But, yeah, I, I was supporting the lads uh, until the end, hoping for that bit of magic at uh, Goodison Park. But, just didn't seem to come along. But then, do you know when the final whistle came, I felt as if I should have been disappointed. And I think I'd got that of this was a long time coming. It was it for Leicester City fans, we've probably said for the last month that we are going down kind of thing. The whole team performance was, it wasn't good enough to stay up. So to put on a show for the last two games of the season... Yeah, I, I don't know. It it didn't hurt as much. Obviously, it hurts as a Leicester fan going down. But th- there's part of me that's saying now I want to go back. I keep reliving when we were league and we didn't win the league because we had talented players. We won it because of the fight of the team. And that's what I'm hoping we get back again next year. Because this year we had talented players, but no fight and we've gone down. So... Yeah, that's my optimism for next year and and rebuilding from this. Because as a Leicester fan yourself, you know, we've bought players on big contracts, bought badly. And uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, I think Gary Lineker put on Match of the Day, it was uh, if you'd have said in 10 years, you'd have won the uh, Community Shield, the Premier League, the FA Cup. You'd have took um, and been relegated. You'd have took that, wouldn't you? So, yeah, it, it good things come to those that wait, and we'll 
wait to be back in the Premier League again. Adam, how was it for you? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Good, good game. Good game. <laughs> at least we didn't. At least we won. Yeah. The main thing yeah. was that we won because so, if we'd have drew and they drew, that would have been even worse. But yeah, so I I was also a bit sipsy in the build up to the game. Oh um, yeah, we tried going down to the Queen of Bragate to get some Lily cider, but they hadn't signed it on, so I was pretty pretty angry at that. So that didn't start my day well. But going into the ground, you were kind of um, you were sure that we're going to go our way. It was uh, when the first goal went in, you celebrated like mad. And by the time that we got our second, Everton had already scored. So it was as if the crowd just didn't want to celebrate. It was more of a, yeah. <laughs> like, you just knew yeah. that. If it, if it was the way around Bournemouth that scored, it would have gone It would have gone mental. And the worst thing about Sunday that irritated me the most, there were some fans, and if you're a Leicester fan, you know what type of fan they are sat in the cop. Kept like cheering as if a goal had gone in, <laughs> which set the stadium oh, off. Twice. And it happened twice. Yeah. And then I'm next to some like absolutely smashed bloke that's celebrating that? like mad as well, <laughs> grabbing me around the neck saying, Check the scores, check the scores. So I'm like loading up the phone. And whenever this like cheer went round, I could not get phone signal. But <laughs> watching Southampton Liverpool play, I was getting score updates on that minute by minute. <laughs> So yeah, it was. Uh, we 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 should have we shouldn't have because we shouldn't have lost or drew games earlier in the season. It's our own fault. There's agreed. It was in the last two games that relegated us. It was, it was probably twenty thirty games ago that relegated us. The whole performance over the season hasn't been good enough. And at the end of the day, the table doesn't lie, does it? It's the worst three teams go down, and that's what's happened. Yeah. Uh, for for me, boys, uh, I was well. I got a lift to the pub. Let's put it that way. I was I wasn't driving on Sunday, no way. <laughs> and uh, as I was getting a lift, I had you you boys call me up. Uh, you know, all your Leicester shirts, having a few beers, and I was in my Leicester shirt, uh, and I felt very confident. I've got to be honest. I, I I'll be I'll be honest with you, boys. My girlfriend doesn't have a clue about football. Um, her English isn't fantastic. You know, she speaks Malagasy and French and, and a bit of English. Um, so she's rocked up in a Leicester shirt as well to come and watch the game. Leicester are winning at half time. You know, I've been so nervous for about three days. Uh, and I've got a massive <laughs> smile on my face. I'm about five pints down. And she thinks it's fantastic. Now, in this pub setup, we've got the Leicester game on one screen and the Everton game on the other. She asked me at the end of the end of the game, because she was like, Oh, I've never heard this English before. What do what does come on Bournemouth mean? as if it's a word. And apparently I've just been stood there for 30 minutes just shouting, come on, Bournemouth, at this TV. And uh, just in a world of my own. Um, yeah, I mean, Bournemouth gave it a go, didn't they? It was a, it was a great finish. Great finish from the Decoray Everton. I mean, a couple of highlights on the day for me. The two lads, I, I don't know if you've seen the TV highlights of the Leicester game. I mean, I wouldn't blame you for not watching. But there was two lads that they kept going to on the TV over here. They've got the old radios oh, by the their ears. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'd that's awesome. this, yeah. That's fantastic. And then, like you say, the cheers that went round the ground. Now, what was really confusing, I was watching the Everton game live, but I could hear the Leicester fans cheering. And I'm going, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe this screen's just two seconds behind and all the fans <laughs> Leicester know there's a goal coming. <laughs> 
I'll be honest. I, I walked outside for 45 minutes and uh, sat on my own in the dark. So, yeah, you can imagine all those people that came with You're me. You're now single. You're now single. <laughs> so, I, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't Sunday that relegated us. I thought Leicester played fairly well on Sunday, to be honest. Given the, yeah, I did. Given the occasion. But I, I think it was in February time, James Madison said, if we play like this, we'll stay up. And at the time, that seemed like a strange comment. Um the Brendan Rodgers sacking wasn't the right time. The fact that they didn't have a manager and wasted four games whilst he wasn't, whilst there was no appointment, sorry, was a bad decision. Um, the results against Leeds away, but more importantly, Everton at home, Boston, doesn't go. It doesn't go down to the West Ham game. I mean, the, the performance against Newcastle, if that's in March, great point. Given the fact that if they'd lost the game, makes zero difference to the table bit of an odd performance you know so it, it's like you said Dan it's 38 games and we I think I text you boys on Sunday that in our lifetimes have won the League Cup the FA Cup the Charity Shield the Premier League the Championship League One we've been to Europe watching them you know that's a hell of a lifetime for us in our in our charter time as a Leicester City fan so you've got to take that but um, it, it still doesn't stop it hurting on Sunday I don't think Um very quickly, because we've been very Leicester biased, Dan. Did Everton sort of push on next season? Because this is the second year in a row they've been in a in a last day bottom of the table survival hunt. No, I, I think they're going to struggle next year as well. To be honest, I don't. I don't think they've got the right build from the top of the the club. To be fair, and I just I keep seeing uh, stuff. I keep hearing stuff that is uh, a bit like the owners trying to sell or trying to get reinvestment from somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, if, I think they'll be struggling again. I wouldn't be surprised if they went down next year. I see the teams that have come up uh, are going to fight a lot more than what that Everton squad is. They haven't, I don't see a lot of talent in the side, and I think they may lose the likes of Calvert-Lewin next year. So, yeah. No, I see him struggling next year, Scott. Um, Aston Villa beat Brighton, importantly, to secure European football, which meant even as Spurs managed a convincing win and Brentford enjoyed a fantastic last day win, they were in vain as Villa secured the final European place. Adam, of these games, which of the teams will be most content with their season? Uh, I don't know, because... <clears throat> Villa have had a good season. Brighton have had a good season, like we said earlier on in the in the week. Um, you could arguably arguably say that Aston Villa would be happy with their with their season, just from where they were when Gerard left them. Um, I think they're both doing incredibly well. They're both in European football. I don't. Villa didn't finish above Brighton, did they? I think it was Bright, Brighton still pinched them to the the, the yeah. higher position. Yeah, so it was a it, it was a good game, and so I think I I think this is one of the scores that I predicted correctly. I think I thought that Villa were going to win, um, but I'm ha- happy for both teams, and they've both got very good managers that are going to make them push on next year as well. It'll be in, again, it'll be, it, it's difficult because for Brighton players, you you constantly think, oh, they're going to lose that player, this player, but for Villa. You don't really see that. It's as if they can hold on to their players, but they're 
their team don't really have that. They're more to me. They're more of a team where Brighton had some stars. Like I, I don't really know how I'm gonna how to word this, but the the Villa squad, I don't think has attracted much interest other than maybe Watkins. But I don't see uh, Ollie Watkins being that type of player. So to me, they've played well as a team to get to where they were. Where Brighton have played well with stars and got to where they are. If that makes sense. And did you see the Did you see the end of the Brighton game where it was a bit like uh, Zerbi had basically signed off that uh, McAllister had left and uh, Casado, hadn't he? So uh, yeah. it was a bit of a strange one. Uh, who do you reckon will be happiest, Dan? Uh, uh, Aston Villa fans, Brighton fans, or Brentford fans? Uh, I think I think Brighton have got to be the happiest. To be honest, they they've not achieved it before, have they? So it's it's quite a nice one for them. I see them being in the better situation as well. They're gonna they're gonna get some money from the talented players that they sell, and they're in a better position to also progress in the European competitions because a class that uh, conference league is a bit of a. It, it can be a bit of a hindrance, really, because it's not the great UEFA, like what we know is, was the UEFA Cup or the Champions League. But, yeah, yeah, the Europa Leagues, they're in the Europa League. They are, aren't they? Yeah, Brian are in the Europa League, Villa are in yeah, the Conference League. So, it, it's, a, it's a much better achievement than Aston Villa making the Conference League. So, yeah, they'll attract some good players, they will. Maybe Pats and Dakar, I hear. But Pats and Dakar's agents on an absolute whack if you've seen the report that's come out today. As if three grand he was on before he came, Leicester, and now he's on 70-odd ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> talk about mismanagement. We, we've spoke about Leicester. We've spoke about them. Oh, it's a shift. Let's move. Let's move. Arsenal reminded their fans of the fantastic season they had and a turnaround to be remembered as Granite Xhaka walked off the pitch for the final time to a standing ovation. Dan, how happy should Arsenal fans be? They should be happy no matter what, shouldn't they? It's, in all, all in all, uh, despite that, obviously, the collapse that they did, they didn't expect to be second in the league come, come the end of the season. So, albeit your uh, expectations do change as the season goes on, but I think all in all, this is a great season for us. And I think they can only build on from this, can't they? It's it it's great for them. I don't think they were in the Champions League this year. So to be back in the Champions League is a massive boost as well. If they want to push on to try and get what Declan Rice, it, it, it could be an interesting summer for them, to be fair. Adam, did Arsenal overachieve, underachieve, or did they finish where they should be? Um I think they overachieved. I think they were, they were quite lucky. I think they finished fourth last season. So, and I believe that was by the skin of their teeth. Well, they finished fifth, didn't they? They bottled it to Spurs in the end. Yes, that's that's it. Thank you, that Scott. Yeah, so <clears throat> it was an overachievement because if not, other than signing um, Jorginho and Zinchenko, I can't I can't really name. Did they sign Saliba? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, but he he was out for a chunk as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So I don't I don't think them sort of players, if I'm honest, were game changers that stepped him up. 
So I would say it was a an overachievement by Arsenal, but it was it was a I good. I thought at the time that Jorginho was like a bit of a smart move, to be fair for Arteta, but he yeah he, he didn't play him enough. I don't think. No, and he only scored that one goal that was in the 90th minute against Villa. Yeah. Or 87. It was a bit minutes, of a strange so. sign in the end. I thought he was bringing him into a kind of. I think uh, Jorginho had basically won the title before, hadn't he? So. Uh, I thought that's why he was bringing in for a bit of experience. He just didn't use him enough, I don't think. Yeah, def- definitely. So I, I, I don't want to, you know, it's hard, it is harsh saying Arsenal did overachieve, but when you look at them last season, Man City are just too good. I'm oh, absolutely. absolutely. In a classic that will never be remembered, Southampton signed off from the Premier League with a creditable 4 4 draw against Liverpool. Now, interestingly, a few days before that, Adam, Mo Salah seemed to put out a cryptic post on social media about how, you know, not getting Champions League football just isn't good enough. Does he stay at Liverpool? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure I mentioned before that uh, will, he, will he join uh, Sadio Mane at Bayern Munich, but he's he's leaving this year as well. So... Could Salah be going in that direction as well and, and playing by Munich? Um, playing playing in Munich. I mean, there's also reports that Rice could be going by Munich as well. So I don't know if they're all of a sudden want to try and push on in European football again, try and get the, the, the title again of um, win, Champions League winners. But I don't think he's been linked with by Munich, but has his time. Has his time come to an end at Liverpool? I'm starting to think so. Dan, how disappointing will Liverpool be finishing fifth, but also happy with the second half of their season? I mean, they really did push on, didn't they? Uh, They'll they'll be going into it thinking uh, next season, probably they've got a better chance, obviously, like you say, with the... uh, end of their, this season. But, yeah, overall, this is a disappointing season for Liverpool, isn't it? It's, yeah, they've relied very much on Mo Salah. And in the comparison to Adam's comment, I think they've got to do all they can to keep Mo Salah because he's the, the driving force of that team still. And uh, they're losing a few key players in, not necessarily in the first 11, but your Milners and your Firminos that have, the squad's probably based around a little, like they're quite key, crucial players. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an injury again for them. I don't see them getting Jude Bellingham, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year. I, th- I think they'll pu- they'll be challenging for the top four more than they have done this year. Oh, absolutely. I do agree. In the best of the rest, Man United managed a last day win. Chelsea and Newcastle and Palace and Forest played out 1-1 draws. So, Dan, out of those teams, who was the biggest overachiever? Well, I always always have a bit of a soft side for Manchester United, but I've got to go to them, really, because you got they weren't in the Champions League this year. And he's brought them in under a bit of a period of they're still unknown of their ownership and whatever is happening. I don't even know what's happened. Is he trying to sell? Are they trying to sell the club or not? And... I think winning winning another trophy and being in the uh, final of the FA Cup as well. If if they do win that, is oh I don't know. Would you go 
Would you go that uh, Tenag would probably get the manager of the season? I, I think he's done a great job, to be honest. They ain't got, a, they ain't got an out and out number nine, that wake horse that Harris loves. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, no, I That's think he's done well, to be fair. I, I like him. Adam, you're shaking your head. Uh, who's the biggest underachiever out of those teams? Biggest underachiever has to be Nottingham Forest. You know, achiever. Yeah, what? with the players they've signed in <laughs> summer, Jesse Lingard, Morgan Gibbs White, they should be winning the league. Should be winning the Salty. league with that kind of Salty. team. They bang on about it as if they've got like you know now that they're saying up, order restored. You know, <laughs> oh, I keep seeing this on stages. I don't care. You've, you've spent so much money. You've replaced so many players that got you promoted into the Premier League. I think you signed about 30 players. So, yeah, Forest are the biggest underachievers because they should have been pushing on. I really think that's outrageous. Oh. <laughs> Boys, I can't believe the I'm that. The biggest underachievers is the Chelsea. Yeah, yes, Newcastle, yeah. who've got Champions League football and haven't had it in years, not being the overachiever. And Chelsea, who finished, what, bottom half of the table or wherever they finished in the end, not being the biggest underachiever, boys. I mean, that sums up our podcast, I reckon, and the Sunday league nature of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, it, I was joking with Forrest, just the FYI. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh... Uh, let's let's discuss our end of the season prediction table, boys. Um just quickly, we did quite well for the last week. Um, Adam, four correct results and one correct score. That's not That's bad. Uh, Dan, five correct results, two correct scores, and I won't brag, boys, but six correct results and three correct scores. Did you change yours last minute? <laughs> no, that was, I mean, for the final table. Adam, I think you knew you were playing for pride. 24 and three, that's not bad. Uh, Dan, 31 correct results and five correct scores, but I managed to hold on, boys. 35 correct results and 11 correct scores. So this season, you know, this season, the winner, the host <laughs> is the winner. But we'll, we'll come back and we'll start it properly. And, we'll, you know, maybe we'll get some listeners involved as well in the predictions. Definitely. Huh? Okay. Just very quickly, boys, the final section. OK, the final section is our mystery footballer. So here we go. A bricklayer who start, started his semi-professional career in the Barnsley Local League his goals brought Halifax back to the Football League. Fulham spent 500000 to buy him and he scored 14 goals to help them get promoted. In 2000, Birmingham broke their transfer record and he was their top goal scorer. He scored his first Premier League goal against Villa, spent three months at Wigan before playing at West Brom and scoring the second goal in their final day, Great Escape. Finally, he also played at Sheffield United, Leeds, Leicester, Scunthorpe, Lincoln and Port Vale. And he recovered from testicular cancer and blood clots and runs a charity supporting homelessness. Adam, any thoughts? Wow, there's a lot of clues on that one, Scott. But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to look look at it. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I don't know. You know, is he a striker? There's 14 goals for Fulham. I don't know. Um, oh, he was Birmingham. So goals good. So yeah, he's got to be a striker. <laughs> you know, Dad, any ideas? I don't know, I, uh, I'm thinking maybe I was I was going down. I've got three people in mind. I got 
the, the Fulham route and Leicester route, it was Barry Hales. And then I'd gone somewhere like uh, uh, Jeff Horsfield, but I don't see him playing at Fulham. And it was like, no, I'm, I'm struggling, Scott, really am. Oh, oh, well, we'll get it out on social media, on the Facebook, the Sunday League podcast, oh. and on our Twitter at CSL really Podcast. Uh, we'll get it out, see if we can get you some help. Boys, we're going to take a little bit of a slowdown on the podcast, but don't worry, we're going to go to once a week. We're going to do some grade systems, give some all the teams some grades. We're going to do the Sunday League podcast awards. So make sure if you're listening and following along that you keep an eye out for our new podcast and get involved with us. Uh, we've not we've not been around long, but we're making a move, boys. We're making a move. So if you listen to us, like and share and follow and leave those five star reviews, boys. I know we've been we've had an upsetting weekend, haven't we? But we're over it now. We've been group therapy. It's been nice to see you both. It's been good to good to have some company. Good to have that familiar feel. It's been nice to see you both, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, it'll be more but uh, less biased next year, won't it? Without us in the Premier League, so uh, yeah, cheers, nice. Scott. Cheers, Adam. Yeah, good luck. Have a nice week. Take See care. See you later.